still going good. And then with that, um, we kind of branched out into uh, design studio slash development group. Has a background in education at the collegiate level, which you'll hear about. And he and his partner, Mike, got into the cannabis space a few years ago, and I ran into him and thought they were pretty cool and unique cats. And they just sort of took off. And it's it's been really interesting to see their journey and how they've established credibility in the space. And I thought it would be good for the, the interested listener who is in design, be it packaging, be it interior design, facility, like building layout. What you'll find out is that basically Kush Design does all of that. It's, it's a one-stop shop where they leverage their experience in design and the creative processes to create cannabis spaces. So if you are a person that is a creative and into design, then take a listen to our interview with Ryan. So here we go. Hey there. Hey Ryan, how are you doing? Good, man. You you sound uh, smooth right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's because we're, <laughs> we're through the studio now. Yeah. It's uh, we, we stepped our game up. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. How are you doing? How are you today? You doing better? Um, let me think. Let me think. How am I? I'm, you know what? You ever get to the point where you like, okay, I need caffeine. And then you overdo it uh-huh. and you're like, holy uh-huh. crap. Everything's like jittery. Uh. I know. Yeah. So, that's so I don't doing. know if you know what, I don't know if you know what a mocha pot is. It's those little, those, it's, it's an Italian coffee thing. It's, it's a little pot that you put on your, your stove top and it makes like three um, cups of espresso. Um, and I got one of those for father's day and that's been sort of my go-to thing in the morning. And it's, it's fantastic um, unless you make, like you just said, unless you make two of those, right? So then you're having three or four shots of espresso in the morning and then you're like, woo! <laughs> right, let's, let's get the day started, yes! <laughs> That's right! <laughs> so, oh, yeah. how it goes. So, how the, it goes. so the question is, how many times do you overshoot? Because this is a regular thing uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I, I probably drink more coffee than the average guy, but I... Um, I'm trying to do better because it, you're right. I mean, you're right. As, as, as we're getting older, I think it I think it matters more that didn't used to bother me at all. And now if I drink it too late in the afternoon or in the evening, I just can't sleep. I mean, yeah, you just all jittery throughout the day. But yeah, it's fine. It's oh, no. See, I, I could I could slam this coffee and go right to bed. No issue. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'd have restless leg syndrome for sure, but. <laughs> yeah, fine. Uh, oh, it'll work. Yeah, well. It'll work. Well, now that we got the important stuff out of the way, that uh, yeah, right, right, yeah, let's get to the fluff. Uh, so, all right. <laughs> well, thanks for participating. It's it, you know the point of the show is to show the range and diversity in the cannabis industry, and I think that a lot of people, when they think about working in cannabis, it's bud tenders and growers, and that's kind of sure. it. And the the, the the industry is an industry; it's an entire sector, and there's a wide range, as many colors as there is in the rainbow of, of jobs and career opportunities. And so I want to thank you for coming on. And I think you got a pretty unique position within the industry. So I wanted to highlight that and get to know more about you and then get your take on your experience working cannabis. So thanks for participating. 
Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited. So let's get into it. Uh, who, who are you and what do you do? So um, I've, I've worked in marketing, advertising, and um, new product development. I mean, I'm really, I mean, if you, if you sort of sum up what I do, I would put it in three categories. I'm, I'm an innovator. I'm a creative problem solver and I'm a professional educator, right? So my job is really to help people solve complex uh, problems through creative solutions. It, it's what I do. I mean, I, I, I look at different problems and I help people go to get products to market faster. Um, I help people become more creative. Um, I help um, design and develop uh, brands and marketing strategies. Um, but really at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to help people um, work harder, smaster, faster, and, and smarter, and get their their products and their ideas. Uh, help them bring them to life, and that's that's really what I do in in my life and in my my work and in my in my career. Um, and and in the cannabis space, it's it's been really interesting. We we play we play in a couple of different in a couple of different spots. Um, we started out um, and still have a CBD company. We started Grand Remedy CBD um, about three or four years ago. And that was really because I had um, some, some issues with my eyes um, and I needed an alternative that, that was just different. Right. And, and we, CBD was helping. I had been taking CBD um, and it was really helping the pressure in my eyes. And it was helping after I had um, a couple of detached retinas and, but we were having a hard time finding good quality, consistent CBD. My business partner, Mike and I said, Hey, why don't we just do it on our own? And we, uh, partner with some other creative people, and we developed uh, Grand Remedy, and got that kicked off. And, and, and Kush is really kind of that go-to uh, space for anybody that wants to get into the industry. We're a consulting firm um, at our core, kind of that one-stop shop for business licensing, compliance, design, construction, marketing, and really business development. Yeah. So you mentioned that you were uh, an educator. And so what did you do before cannabis? Yeah. So, so I've had a lot of different jobs, right? So, so I've, I've done, I've worked with uh, fortune 500 companies all the way down to nonprofits and startups to really help, uh, you know, implement change, um, and creative ideas and, you know, sell and solve those, those unique problems. I've been brand managers for um, hospitals and, um, worked for, um, a soccer uh, company. I worked for the Heart Association, so I've done branding and marketing for a lot of um, big and small organizations. And then I also teach. Um, I I teach at um, Grand Valley State University, Kendall College of, of Art and Design, and then the University of Notre Dame. Um, at each of those universities, I I, I teach um, design thinking and uh, leadership development and social product innovation. So all around. How do we use the creativity that's inside all of us? How do we kind of bring those out and use these creative problem-solving techniques um, to, you know, to solve social change, to get new products out there, to understand your leadership capability better? So a lot of these things that I'm doing where it seems maybe seems kind of not, not related, it, it all totally is, right? So it's all about being creative and different. Um, and those skills that we're, that we're using and that I'm teaching the students and that um, I use for uh, traditional businesses, 
parlays really well into the cannabis space, right? This is a brand new emerging market, um, and there's lots of opportunities to, 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 to develop new ideas, to develop new products, to come up with creative solutions for banking or finance or building or codes or any of that stuff. It all kind of relates, and the, the professional educator hat in me really is intrigued by this, this cannabis space and how, how, you know, it's a, it's like the 1920s again with alcohol, right? This is yeah. wide west and, and we can kind of, kind of put this together as we go. So, so it's, it's, it's really interesting how, how similar what I'm doing on the education side is, um, parlays into this side too. Well, yeah. So you, you bring up my next question and I ask everybody this is how did you deal with the stigma? I mean, you were, pretty middle of the road and you're dealing with some established institutions. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I usually equate it almost like coming out like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I am hey, getting into cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, and it can be, you know, it can be at that level for, for some families and some organizations are like, Whoa, I never knew. <laughs> um, right. So, so how did you deal with the stigma and then how did the organizations, your friends and family, how did they react to you saying, you know what, I'm going to get into weed. This is what I'm doing with my life now. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting because um, some people were really excited and, and, and thought it was a, the greatest thing. And some people, you know, just like you mentioned, some some people were, were apprehensive and were um, opposed to it. Um, and we even uh, had some, some people, I wouldn't say we've lost friends because of it, but it's definitely changed some people in, in our relationship. Um, but, but for us, we've just been really open and honest, right? I mean, um, as we started the CBD uh, company and then as we transitioned more into the cannabis space, um, we've really just, you know, been open and honest and truthful about why we're in this. We're in it to help people, right? We, we, we view it as, as a product. Um, we view it as medicine. We view it as something that's, that's helping a lot of people. And there's a lot of data and science behind that. that well, and, and it's right. Back, too. back yeah. that up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so when we, when we share that kind of information, when we share with people, the reason that we're here, it's not, because we want to get high and smoke weed because we want to help people. And, and this is a new emerging market that, that we're passionate about. And we think that there's some real um, excitement in being a part of that. Right. But you're, it, it, it has been really interesting just seeing um, the changes. Yeah. Like that was we, my next question. Started, is the, the opinions, How, who was like, Ryan, you're crazy. And I disagree. And where do they stand now? Um, there's been a few, there's been a few that, that still are there. I said, are like, this is crazy. Again, you know, if you know me, I'm, um, I'm a pretty liberal guy, but I'm also fairly straight laced. Right. I mean, yeah. I wear a bow tie most of the day. Right. <laughs> what, <laughs> so you're, I, yeah. You're the, what, the 1% of the world or something. That knows one, how to, I'm a 1%, yeah. Yeah. I'm a one percenter, Matt. I'm one of the few people that can tie a bow tie. Right. So, <laughs> so I, I'm not your traditional cannabis guy, right? I don't, I don't look the part, I don't sound the part, but um, I'm excited about being a part of it. So, so people were, people were shocked, right? They, they thought that this was kind of a, a crazy thing. 
although the people that really know me and really know our family and know kind of who we are and, and what we do, it makes sense because again, it's just another product. Um, it's indoor ag. It's just another product. And it's a, it's a really interesting, innovative thing, right? We're solving big problems that everybody's trying to deal with right now. So it makes sense based on my background that, you know, what, what we're doing. So people are definitely coming around. Um, I still think there's a little bit of a stigma there. And I still think some people are confused about what we're doing and kind of confused about the role that we're playing in this case. Um, but, but it's getting, it's getting better. Uh, and I think as more and more people um, are, are being exposed to it, as more municipalities come online, as more states come online, um, I think it's going to decrease. Um, again, for us, it's, it's no different than, than another crop that you can grow. It's no different than alcohol, right? It's just a, it's a product that uh, is in a really innovative creative space right now. So um, they're coming along. People are coming yeah. along, but there's still a few that are, that are waiting, I think, in the wings. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and to think, and I've, I've said this a few times before, but to think where there's, we're on a podcast talking about weed working in a legitimate right. cannabis uh, industry. Right. I mean, five, six, seven years ago, <laughs> I was still lying to people. Right. You know, like, Matt, what do you do? Oh, right. I'm, a, uh, I'm a carpenter. That's what I do. <laughs> I, I would, I'm, a, I would I'm never a carpenter and this is what I do. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and now, now the state has, has uh, deemed it um, essential workers. Yeah. Right, through the whole pandemic, we were, we were essential. Love right, it. so it is, it's fascinating how quickly um, the speed that this is moving and how it's coming out of the shadows and, and is now a legitimate business, which is fantastic to see. Yeah. And that there's, there's courses in like Grand Valley. Um, Professor Lipford has his hospitality and tourism with an emphasis on cannabis. Like that's, mm. it was the first of its kind in, mm -hmm. in, in the nation. Like we're seeing curriculums right. and that's, that's fantastic. So, you know, it's uh it's one thing to say, oh man, I'm excited about getting into the industry and having all these ideas and then coming face to face with working in the reality of it. So what were some of the things that you thought working in this space would be like compared to what it's actually like to work in the cannabis field? Yeah. So, so we do some really interesting things, right? So we're, we help on the, on the front end a lot. Um, and, and, helping people kind of imagine what they're, what they're doing. Right. So our team, our team is really, you know, we're, we're designers and innovators and, and dreamers and, and, and doers. Right. And so we're this vertically integrated company um, that, that really kind of helps um, winning licenses so we can get involved all the way from the beginning when people are starting to win those licenses um, to launching um, the brands and, and building out. Right. So we have a building, partners so we can actually help get it off the ground and get it built and then help you with your, your procedures and everything as you start moving forward. So, um, and set up the inside and the showroom and, and the flow and all those different yeah, things. One, right? one so stop shop. We touch, yeah, we touch base on a lot of those in, in, in this, those different places. So we've done that in the past, right? That's what I've been doing for, for my career for the last 15 years. Um, cannabis is very different, right? So, the one thing I think um, the the hardest thing is financing, 
um, as we're trying to get these buildings built, as we're trying to help people buy equipment. Well, what, what do you, you mean? Can't just, what, yeah, what do you mean by that? And what? Yeah, okay. So I kind of jumped on you. Yeah, there, but no, no. Elaborate. No, you're that. good. So you you can't you can't just walk into the bank and get a loan to build a building. Um, uh, it has to be uh, private financing or equity. You can't just say I need um, three to eight million dollars to build this grow facility. You've got to go find that money through private investors or um, other other means um, until product starts coming in and you can show um, that you have a legitimate business. So that's been a really interesting piece, right? The whole financing and funding. How do we get these things funded? Is it hard, how do we, is, is it hard to it find is. people that are willing to throw money, serious money? Oh, okay. So yeah, how much money, let's is. say so, if I wanted to start a provisioning center and a, a 500 plant grow, I, how so, much money am I on, yeah, on the hook for? A provisioning center is going to run anywhere between, you know, plan on somewhere between two hundred and five hundred thousand dollars start to finish. By the time you get it okay. all the way done, right? By the time you you build it and get it all done, and then provide all the products that, that and that's get, not counting the cost of the land. No, no, yeah. that's that's a different it, yeah, that's different getting it up and yeah. up and going, and and then a a grow facility could be anywhere from million and a half to ten million dollars right and then yeah. it varies so much just based on how how big it is what sort of yeah, a thousand ways to skin that what sort of yeah what <laughs> kind of fertigation system you're using all that stuff right so so it's it's expensive yeah. right and 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 it takes time um to put all that together and and knowing sort of the the process um you know what 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 worked for a twelve plant grow in your basement right. is probably not going to work for a, for three class C stacked license for fifteen hundred plants. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. a bicycle it's a compared to a Ferrari. Game. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's a, diff- <laughs> it's, a, it's a different game. So, so the financing I think has been a really interesting interesting piece. Um, the other thing that I think has been is really fascinating is. And, and you know this, being you know with with the the lobbying work that you did, every municipality is completely different. Oh my god! Right? There's not yeah. there's not one playbook that says if I have a provisioning center, this is how I have to build it. This is where the the rules. This is what I need to do. Everyone's different, right? Yeah. So how we have to build it, um, where it can be located. Um, what sort of uh, things that are inside it, it, it? It's all different, and so it makes it difficult as you're helping um, people kind of walk through it. Um, you've got to work with the different municipalities, the different uh, stakeholders in each in each town and place to to kind of understand what their rules and regulations are. Yeah. And then just when you think you got it figured out, they switch it up again, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's it, it, it's an always changing, always very different, different space. Um, Which is the draw. I mean, I think, the, the fact that this is so yeah. fucked up, it attracted me and it, it retains my attention. Right. If <laughs> right. This, yeah, I, I, yeah. Right. So I, you know, not to make light of all the, all the stupid shit that happens, but it's one of yeah. those things where it's not easy and it's so relationship based. I mean, the, the rules are rules, but, the relationships from one community to another 
it's it the the dynamics of humans in in a room together making a decision are uh it's first class entertainment sometimes if it didn't have such heavy consequences for individuals well yeah right and and that you're exactly right right i mean there are we we don't know everybody and you don't know everybody but we know damn near everybody right i mean in this space yeah. it is really a small it's a small group of people that um are very interrelated mm-hmm. right there, there there hasn't been that many um licenses granted in the grand scheme of things um there's a number of players and there's a number of people that that sort of um intermix so wherever we go all around the state or, or even in illinois or yeah. other places right we run into the same <laughs> we run into the same people yeah. and we and we do different, you know, so, and, and I think that, so you're, I think it's just by its nature, uh, this cannabis industry is very, like you said, it's very re- relational. I think the other side is um, people have been hesitant to, back to your first question, to, to stick their toe in the water, right? Like, right. we kind of do cannabis, but we really don't. And now people are sort of all in now that they're seeing um, that it's a legitimate business. Um, but that now, now there's some people that are coming out, um, at least in our world, right. That, uh, taking advantage of, of people. Um, and, and it's just hard to see. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir on that one. And, you know, just to, just to jump in on, on this, it's something that I deal with that a lot where, and especially Mm -hmm. right now with what's happening with, you know, we've, we, I, I stopped counting. I think after the seventh time, the state of Michigan said we were going to discontinue the intake of caregiver product into, into sure. the medical systems. And they went, okay, we're done. And then we go, oh shit, we don't have continuity in supply. The licenses aren't there yet. We just don't have the, the medical license capacity to supply the people. So we're going to, we're going to let the caregivers continue. And that happened so many times. I just stopped counting. I, after seven, I stopped counting. I was like, whatever. Well, right. and, and I, who knows, but every person in the know that I've talked to, every indicator says that October 1st, this year, 2020 is done. Caregivers are done. No more onboarding anything right. into the system. And so what's going to happen is in my view, there are three types of caregivers. There are the guys that are just growing and they give it to their cousins and mother-in-laws and stuff like that. They're, 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 they're basically following the intention of the program. You've got, on the other hand, you've got the guys that are killing it who are truly masters at what they do. And they make so much money doing that type of activity that they would never participate in any type of system because who's going to give them a million dollars or more a year tax-free, free and clear. Nobody, nobody. Yep. They won't. Right, right. So they're not going to participate. And then we have this other, and I would, I would love to just kind of talk with some number crunchers about what percentages of the total pie we think these three categories of caregivers are. I think that there are the caregivers that are, have seen the writing on the wall and they want to participate in the market and they've used the onboarding into MMFLA as a means mm-hmm. of, of sustaining themselves and, and haphazardly participating. And, and that, takes some, that takes some fucking balls to do that, by the way especially from a a caregiver's perspective. But these are the people that 
are going to lose their revenue source. And I'm not going to get into the, the policy weeds on that, but they're going to lose a revenue source of being able to sell into medical. They're going to be basically unemployed. And they right. are the people that have their proficient, they have the skills to pay the bills, and they've been doing it. These are the guys that we want to bring into the fold. But what I spend most of my time doing is talking to these guys, industry participants and insiders, because that's who I am and that's who I can communicate with, and trying to figure out, can this person talk to talk and walk to walk? Are they out of their league? Are they, who are they as a person? Who are they from a competency point of view? And you just, you kind of hit a lightning rod for me and things that I go through on a regular basis in that, how do we, how do we verify that somebody can do the things they say they do? Because it's essentially when I, when I take a, you know, air quotations, a master grower and I put them with a company it's basically walking up to the business owner and saying, oh, wow, you have a very beautiful, fragile baby. Here's this guy that I know. Hand him your baby. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> so the, the, the interconnectedness of the, of the community is, is very good, but people are still very leery of each other from an investment point of view, from a, a regulatory point of view, and also from like, hey, I just met you. I don't know you. I don't trust you yet, or I, I just don't right. know anything. So it's, it's very right. challenging. And so that was a, a long-winded way to get to my question is, what are things that you do or you would recommend to people to build their, to build their Rolodex in cannabis and to start to, to build out that, um, to build out that reputation on their name? Because reputation yeah. is everything yeah. in cannabis. Oh, it is. And so, so I would say, um, network, right? So, so meet with, you know, meet with people like you, meet with people, um, like cannabis and Sensi Connect and all those, right? There's lots of different places that you can connect and, and, and network. Um, I think going to those, those types of events, and most of them are virtual right now. So being able yeah. to be a part of that and just sort of get your name out there is important. And I, and I think, connecting and, and here's where I think some of the rub is right because you've got you've got a lot of these big companies that are coming in um, whether it's from Colorado or from California or from Oregon or from from out west or out east and they're building these these amazing facilities and we're, we're helping them get that off the ground and but they're not here right so they need to find somebody that can that can run and and, and do those run their operations. Um, but where the rub I think comes in, and we've seen it a couple times is the, the organizations that build it. And you, you mentioned it, right? Here's your baby. And now I'm going to be the nanny taking care of it. They, they both have an idea about what they think is right and how it's going to work. And both of them are right. And both of them are wrong. Right. I mean, as a grower, you know, they have very specific ways that they want to grow. And as a, business owner that just invested $10 million in this facility, they have a, a way that they think it should be done. And they're in sometimes lies in the rub. Like how do we, how do we make sure that both are being taken care of? Right. And, and it's easy to do, but we both have to leave a little bit of ego at the door and know that this is again, for the greater good, we're going to, you may have to tweak how you do things and you business owner may have to let go of some control because you don't you probably don't know as much about this grower. Right. So, 
getting those connections um, and, and, and making sure that you understand um, what, what each person's um, outcome is going to be and that everybody has skills, <laughs> right? You, you've got these, these really important skills that you've, that you've honed and cultivated over the, the number of years, but how do we, you know, make that work? And you may have to tweak how you've done something um, in order to, to fit what, what they're looking for. And, and that's hard on both sides. Um, yeah. I think so I think that in that kind of probably again goes down to again comes back to relationships how do we how do we promote that and how do we make that work I think having a great resume um, some of these growers um, having a great resume that they can put together um, whether that's a, a um, well, you're you're, te- you're teaming me up for a plug right now oh, thanks yeah right? all whether right yeah but seriously, <laughs> but seriously whether it's a paper resume or, or you know a video thing uh, a video piece about some of the things that you've done, having a great Instagram profile or Facebook profile that shows some of the, um, the, the, what you've done in the past, I think is all important. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to fit, right? Do, yeah. do you fit the culture of the organization that just handed you the Ferrari um, and said, you know, go take it out for a spin um, because these are, huge beautiful facilities that um are gonna are gonna produce millions of dollars in revenue every every few months um and again at the at the end of the day it's a business right and and that 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 money is tied to business owners and shareholders and they need you to produce um in order to keep things going um so i know that that feels cold sometimes but that's, well, that's the reality of the of that side of the market. Yeah, and you know, there's there's a big push in cannabis about when I ask people why did why did you get into marijuana? Everybody tells me that they wanted to do something good. Just that, that's mm-hmm. what it boils down to. That's the basis. They want to do yeah. something good. My answer is I got into weed to fucking make money. Period. <laughs> right. That's it. Right. It was apparent. Like. Right. Do this and you'll be a baller. And I was like, I want to be a yeah. baller. And so right. while I I wholeheartedly agree with everything that the, the industry is doing, underneath all that, I just I've been waiting for someone when I asked him why did you get any cannabis? I've been waiting for them to be like, I want to get paid. <laughs> like yeah. just you know, like just tell me like money. It's okay because it <laughs> is a business, and that is the function right. of business is to make money. And right. you know, my personal journey before I get attacked is I got in to make money. I saw all the horrible things that were happening to people because people weren't doing what they said they would do and they're treating people poorly. And I took issue with that. And once I saw the positive yeah. effect that my good works were having, that's when I started chugging the Kool-Aid. So I'm a, I'm an adamant yeah. true believer now and I'm also a capitalist. So they can... The interesting about the interesting thing about cannabis is that things often are not as they're perceived, especially at face value. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, for example, you know you're rocking around campus with a bow tie. Like you're the last person I would go. Yep, he's he's rocking a cannabis business. Like <laughs> no way. That's the can. That's the cannabis guy, right? right. <laughs> what? That's the guy. <laughs> yeah. That guy, right? Uh-huh. So yep. it, that's me. <laughs> it, it, it is important that these businesses function 
and that they perform because it, you and I both know and anybody else in the know and the competition in the space is. And oh, yeah. a failed crop or consecutively failed crops or under underperforming facilities, if we're talking about grows, that's yep. the kiss of death big time. And right. someone's probably going to buy right. them cheap. And so it, it it is about relationships. And it's very challenging in, in this point in time to not be in a room with somebody and just kind of bump into someone at the at the hors d'oeuvre tray or something. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah. well, and, and I think I think that's that's a huge that's a huge thing that you just mentioned on that, whether it's a whether it's a dispensary that somebody opens for the center or if it's to grow. Um, usually the first question or the first thing that, that, that people always say, like when, when we go through our thing, when we're talking about design and build and, and what, what the finishes should look like and what you're putting in, they're like, well, we need it done fast and we need it done cheap and then we'll figure <laughs> it out later. And, and, and we're like, well, you can, but, but then think about what that's going to look like later. Right. Mm. Um, your first crop is probably going to be fine. It's your second and third where you're going to have mold or you're going to have mm. your, your testing isn't, isn't, isn't right. Or if you cheat out and go, go cheap on your point of sale system, or you don't care about how you're going to do delivery and then, or you don't know how to source product. Right. So all those things matter. Um, and, and then you're absolutely right. There are a number of companies that their only job is waiting. And they're waiting to see who doesn't make it. And they come in and offer you a sweet deal for you Mm. and an even better deal for them. So again, they can make money because they're buying you up on the cheap because you don't know what you're doing. How many many of your clients have been approached as soon as they get a license to be bought? Oh, oh, (laughs) for not a lot. (laughs) Four or five, even since COVID, right? Four or five since COVID um, that have been like, hey, are you guys interested? It's a lot. Once you get that in the ground, right, and once you get open and once you get a license, the people are coming because mm-hmm. um, they, they're like, let's, so they see, again, back to your money thing, right? They see the writing on the wall and they're like, we can make money and you guys don't know what you're doing. And a big check or a average size check, what looks like a big check today, could could feel um, enticing, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and yeah. a lot of people get out because they, again, it's a, it's a business, right? And if you don't know business, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing on the business side because you gotta pay taxes. You gotta run payroll. You got, it's gotta be legit, right? And, and while you were, again, could be very successful as a caregiver or in the black market, it's, it's different. Um, the state and uh, is looking at everything, right? So yeah. you, you got, you, you got to run it. You got to run it like a really tip top business because that's what it is well yeah and it's it's really riding your tornado because it's you know thinking about even my entrepreneurial journey now and thinking about my one mm-hmm. you know more than a decade ago <laughs> i w- i dealt with the problems that i that i could foresee because all hell was mm-hmm. was breaking loose all the time because i had no idea what i was doing so right. Right. I, I had to have the bandwidth and the cash on hand to just go and solve the problem and Right. I think that's the draw. That's the, the bucking Bronco of this thing is why entrepreneurs take that ride. It's like, cool. <laughs> I like getting the oh, shit really, out of me. Yeah. It's fun. Let's uh, do this. It's really fun. Right. I mean, <laughs> it is really fun. Cause I mean, literally every day something comes at you and you're mm-hmm. like, 
didn't think about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Well, let's, let's, let's figure that piece yeah, out. Right? Just, I mean, cause yeah. you, you're exactly right. Every day is, is different. And every day there's something you're like, well, I wasn't expecting that. So how do we, how do we fix it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is, which is kind of the cool part. It It is. And you know, for me, I've been doing this for, there's nothing I've ever done professionally other than cannabis. So for me, it's exciting. I remember when you first came on the scene, I was like, who is this dude with a bow tie? Like, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, who is this guy? He's not a Who's cop. Like, I, I was like, for yeah, sure, he's not right. a cop. And if he is, he's the, yeah, no, the no. most undercover cop I've ever seen. But, <laughs> right? you know, I, I, I was watching your journey and Mike's journey and I was like, okay, these guys get it. You know, when people first come on the scene, everybody's just scrappy and, and plucky. And it's like, okay, yeah. let's. Let's see how they do. And it's been really interesting. And I'm, I'm a spectator of all of this. It's great. It, it watching how you guys fought, got traction, and then just sort of just took off and climbed. And I was like, hell yeah, go get them. Like, yeah. let's go. Yeah, it's been, no, so, I appreciate it. That's awesome to hear. Thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, and my point was that when I started out, there was nobody. There was no Ryan's. Mm-hmm. There was no Mike's. There was no, there's no nobody. There was, right. Go, go figure it out, and good luck with that. <laughs> now, <laughs> right. there's, there's the beginnings of such a re- robust support network to where if you mm-hmm. need to talk to somebody about design, about intentional design, building, I, I'm going to Ryan Lafferty. Boom. Period. If we yeah. needed to talk to somebody about canopy management and growth strategies, okay, Thomas Tong. Boom. You need to get the yeah. right people in the door to run your facility to talk to Matt Hoffman. Like there are guys for everything right. that you could need. Right. And it's, yeah. you know, it, it's fantastic. And so, you know, thinking about the, the new batch of people coming up behind, because you're working with younger people and more often than not, so am I. And, and right. also people that are redefining their, their second careers. Sure. Yeah. So my question to you is what sort of interest are you getting from the design space and what sort of questions are the students asking you about working in the cannabis industry? So I think, I think a lot of them are intrigued, right? I think they think it's kind of a, an interesting new sexy kind of place to, to work and to be a part of. So I think that they, they definitely are interested in seeing how they can make make that work. Um, I think they're intrigued, too, because especially on the design side, I mean, if we just talk about design and we talk about packaging and we talk about space design and aesthetics and branding and logo, it's a fascinating market, right? Because um, especially on the packaging maybe 10 years ago or even five years ago or even two years ago, it was very green and it was very bright colors and it was very weed oriented, right? There were pot leaves on everything and there were bright colors and there was cartoony and it was, it was, it was just, you know, tied. Well, that's changing dramatically, right? So mainstream, um, best practices are sort of coming into some of the package design. And part of me thinks that's awesome because it's really changing what that looks like. And I miss sort of some of the fun 
playfulness of the original packaging. So I think there's going to be kind of a, a vetting out process. So as a designer, that's really fun and intriguing is to kind of understand the organization's brand and, and how do we develop that and how do we how do we make that work. The, the, the internal, if you think about dispensaries, provisioning centers, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's a Starbucks coffee. It's a, it's an ice cream store, right? We need to get people in and out of this place in two to three minutes if we can, um, for the people that just want to buy the stuff. Um, but on the flip side, we also can need to spend 15 to 20 minutes maybe helping a new patient sort of understand what's going on. So it's this really interesting, delicate balance between turning product and educating people. Again, it's like the first time you go into a Starbucks, you don't know what a Vente or a Grande is, um, right? It's, it's, it's this whole new vernacular that you have to sort of learn when you walk into the store. You, you need to know, you know what the THC content are, what the strands are, what all this stuff means. And it's ounces or grams or it's just, it's, it's confusing and overwhelming for the first time. So there's an education piece on that for the first time customer. But then once you get it, it's like when I go into Starbucks, I just want to get my coffee and get out. Right. Um, and it's, this is same right. And you get annoyed for the, the person that's sitting inside and in front of you trying to figure out how to order. Right. So it's the same thing. So I think there's some really fascinating things that we can take from the service design side of things, the customer experience, the UX, the UI type stuff that, we can bring into the retail space and kind of understand how do we make this, this, this experience look better, feel better, flow better. Cause again, back to your question, we're talking about turns, right? We need to turn product as quick as we can. So we get people in and out and keep those cash registers humming and keep people happy and coming back. Right. So how do we do that with customer loyalty programs with delivery with pickup with all that stuff. Right. And I think, MedMen and others have done the industry uh, an interesting service when they kind of created this this Apple-like store, and then everybody kind of copied that. Yeah. Um, and now things are kind of – and nobody really has their own look and feel. Some look like doctor's office. Some look like Apple stores. Some look like yeah. Applebee's, right? But, you, um, you, it, it's just, it's, you led it's to my next point. Trying to find the yeah. right thing. Right, it's really interesting. So I think I think that's what intrigues a lot of on on my side, the design people about this is cool. Let's we kind of got this open slate that we can do whatever we want with and help kind of shape the industry, which is which is cool. So you led to my next question: was what are the trends in cannabis? Yeah, what what have they? Well, I think we know what they have been, and that's the the i store. What what is your professional view moving forward? What do you think the trends yeah, are going I, I, to be? I, I think I think we're going to continue to have some of that, right? Because and, and I think I think the stores are going to get more more niche, right? Like this yeah. one is for grandparents and mom. This one is for the traditional cannabis consumer stoner guy. This one is for the kind of a laid back shop. I could see that maybe happening. Is that we're we're kind of moving into a direction where it's because as more and more are going up, like, you know, in Battle Creek, there's, there's going to be 10 cannabis or, uh, dispensaries in, in, in there and Muskegon right. and, and Detroit, right? So you're right. So how do we, I think you're going to have to differentiate on what the place looks like and also 
we're going to start competing on not only price, but quality. I think people are going to really care about the quality and then price is going to be going to be an interesting thing. I, I think, think price, the, price over quality, to be honest with you. I don't, yeah, I don't know that the population on mass understands the differences between and not even the subtle differences between fireweed and just really good, mm-hmm. but they will, I, but, they, but they will be sensitive to the price. And, and people, people uh, get frustrated at me when I explain it like this, but it's a nice, it's an ice cream store, right? You're coming in to, to your point, you're coming in to buy weed and something's not there. Um, I'm not leaving. Right. Uh, it's just like when I go and I, I, I want to get, I want to, I want to get Blue Moon, and it's out. So I'm um, going to get Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And so when they get in their store, you're going to buy something. And to your point, they don't know. Most people don't know the difference, and the ones that do, like, eh, I'll come back next week. But let me get this until you, until you get it back. Yeah, right? the, the so, aficionados so like are the aficionados, and that, and that's across everything. Right, right, right. But, but I think people are going to compete on price, and and then I also think pickup and delivery is mm. going to be giant right mm-hmm. i think there's there's going to be some stores that probably don't even have retail showrooms right they're, they're only are going to develop they're going to they're going to compete on on delivery and and pick up i mean we deliver our groceries we deliver right. our our fast food we deliver um everything right so why wouldn't we deliver weed and and, and i think that's where that's where cannabis is going to going to go up there that people can figure out how to do that quicker and more efficiently. Um, I think that's going to be a huge trend moving forward. And I also think the creativity in the products is going to differentiate a lot of people, right? I mean, flour is always going to be flour and people are going to, going to want that. And and the aficionados are going to keep that. And, and the novices are going to do that. But as we move to be able to get like French, Frenchy cannoli or to go get cookies, you know, we, we get these proprietary, products flowers flower for the most part but these these specialized things that people in the know are like holy shit this is amazing i have to get this if your store doesn't have this then i'm not going to shop here and i I, I couldn't agree more and as people become more more open to consuming cannabis it's going to change right like you go to a party right now and it's fine to have seven bottles of wine and a couple of things of a beer on the on the counter in the cooler and everybody's just drinking it and enjoying their evening but if you bring out a joint or if you bring out a gummy everyone kind of loses their mind <laughs> i think that's going to change i think that's going to change here in the next few years i believe and as it does and i think having different ways to consume the product is going to help with that whether it's stuff that we put into to infuse dinners whether it's gummies whether it's you know, sodas, patches, uh, sub, sublinguals, mints, name it. I think people, I think people are going to be more open to that rather than sitting on the back, you know, doing a dab rig or smoking or smoking a a joint. Right. I mean, it, I, I I think, I think as, as it changes and those sort of things, I think that's going to be a huge thing in our industry too. You know, how, how are we going to package this up? In a, in a pretty cool way, but also what products are we going to offer that are going to get into a different type of consumer? I think well, that's going to be a huge thing. Really what does carrying this say about you? I mean, 
Uh, let's think about cigarettes. You got your lucky stripes. I got my white t-shirt on. I got them rolled up. Cool. I got the lucky stripe. I, <laughs> I mean, so right. to two part question is one is are the regional styles yet? And then what do you see as the overarching style of cannabis? So I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's really a regional style yet. Right. I mean, I, it's not like Chicago pizza, New York pizza. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Although, um, I think there will be. I think there's going to be this made in Michigan push, um, or else there should be. And maybe I should start that. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me know. We, well, let we me know. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm we, about it. Yeah. Because we really, we're kind of like Texas. We're kind of like Texas. We're kind of like New York, yeah. right? We really care about our state. Um, and there's some, there's a pride in it, right? And so, so I think that there's going to be kind of a made in Michigan push. And, and again, I should probably trademark that, but, uh, but I, I think, I think there will be some of that. I think it may be different um, in the regions too. I think the Detroit area is going to, is going to stay with their kind of gritty yeah. and, and their, their innovative space. I think on the West side where we're at, um, I think it's going to be a little more conservative and different types of, of products. Um, but it, I don't feel like there's, I don't even feel like we've put our stamp on it yet. Like, um, like Colorado has, or like, um, you know, California, right. I don't think we're there yet. Um, do you think so? Have you, have you seen, are you, what, how are you feeling around? Yeah. I, you know, I agree. I mean, when I think about, when I think about Detroit, I think, uh, iron steel graffiti style, street style, it's, it's yeah, very, gritty and 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 yeah. tough and not not stick to itness and don't don't give up and just well and just it's, it's gonna work. But like hard and fucking suave and cool simultaneously. Yeah, it's like yeah, right. Tough guy, approachable. It's kind of what I see. Right. And it's yep. like okay, when I think about West Michigan, it's very fresh. It's very upbeat. It's optimistic because we're deluded over here because we live in such a beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Exactly. <laughs> So, go to the beach. Yeah. You're fine, right? <laughs> uh, who gives a shit what else is going on? We're going swimming. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going swimming, man. Yeah. We have, we're, no sharks, no thing. No exactly. Salt. Yeah. Perfect over here. We got it. So it's it's cold. Cold, cold yeah. Water, but it's already. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I think the fresh the the appeal is is here in West Michigan. You know, when you mentioned Colorado, I the only thing that popped up in my mind about Colorado was just the Colorado flag. And then when uh-huh. you mentioned California, it's that it's the Vato style. It's the yep. uh, probably the guys that look like me, the the bearded dudes that live up yep. in the Golden Triangle. So I, I I see people as an archetype, and I say, oh okay, that yeah. that looks like California weed or Oregon weed. Yeah. But when I think about when I think about cannabis, what I find more often than not is this duplicitousness where. It's and, and it it is permeated to everything where there's there's Ryan Lafferty with the uh, professor look with a bow tie, but he's like this mm-hmm. cool in the know tied in weed guy. These are two things that typically uh-huh. don't exist together, but that are that are married. No word. <laughs> right. And and so I see that with cannabis where the push is one, it, 
it's akin to, you know, a nine-year-old going and putting on dad's suit. We want to grow up so fast and we want to be the big boys, but it just take all this stuff takes time. And the amount of speed that all this is happening is, is just crazy. If we just looked out the window, we're like, Oh my God, we're on a bullet train. This is, this is fast. But the, the urgency to keep pushing things, I think is driving the innovation and it could be artificial just to, just to go to the iStore because that worked for Apple and that's what we're going to doing. Whether that was a, how we wanted to define the cannabis experience or not, we don't know because that would, that just, that happened. So yeah, thinking about the question of what's my take on the style, I think that holistically it's striking a balance between, Hey, I'm serious. And also it's weed. Like we can, we can kind of like, I can, I can drop a fuck bomb. I can be cool. I can like, it's being cool, but not too cool. It's being square, but not too square. So it's, it's finding that balance to where maybe we can acknowledge our, our, our heritage in cannabis, you know, the flower power movement and the civil rights and just kind of the, the righteous rebellion, the counterculture that is, that is the heritage of cannabis, but also this expensive money spaceship that, that is legalized marijuana. So it's mm-hmm. how do we how do we do the Apple Store thing without being kitschy like Applebee's? That's that's what we have Ryan Lafferty's at the world for. <laughs> right. No, and I, and I and I think you know it, it. I think it really goes back to being authentically you, right? Like figuring mm-hmm. out who you are as a as a business. Um, either you know, are are we basing this business and this brand on a person that is part of the organization or are we basing it on, you know, some really cool uh, mission, vision, values, archetype type stuff that, that you want to aspire to. And, and how do you, how do you be authentically you, right? How do you, how do you make sure that the brand and that you're trying to push out there through Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat is matches up with, the store that you walk into right. that matches up with your drivers that drop it off that match it up with what, what it looks like in there. Right. So rather than just saying, well, again, this worked for MedMen, it's got to work for us. Well, <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe, right. Um, or, or, or everybody wants it to look like a, um, you know, like a, a tricked out um, doctor's office. Well, that's fine. But is that, is that really you? Right. And so I, I think, I think it's an important piece to really kind of understand who you are. So you're not, I mean, you know, you're, you're not just like everybody else. You're, yeah. you're, you know, you kind of develop that, what it is. And, and I think that's going to be important. Well, it's it, going to be it, really important. It already is. And you hit on something there where earlier in the conversation where I said, I got in this to make money. Oh, that turns people off right mm-hmm. away. You, you, you just, that's the <laughs> right. most taboo thing you could ever say in marijuana. Is that you want to make money. Um, right. <laughs> So I'm batting a thousand over here, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason that having a mission and having a purpose and have that being clearly stated, like we are here to help people. We are here to better our society. We are here to do X, Y, and Z, whatever those individual missions are. Right. Job seekers want to know that the, the people that I deal with more often than not are younger 
in the beginnings of their careers. And there's a young lady, Jessica, who reached out to me and she said, I don't want just a job. I don't want to work at just some company. And she laid out, she was like, I want to see their plan for a community give back. I want to see how they engage their community. I want to see how they're educating people that are just coming to cannabis for their first time. I want to see how they're going to treat me. I want to see that there's, and it just got into like the, the normal employee stuff after that. But the top of her list was what is this company doing besides just making money? And I thought, wow, that's really, it's, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank would, would just say this is blasphemous. And, uh, you know, because it, the, the, the function of a business is to make money, but the trend overall, especially in cannabis, is it is purpose driven. And so thinking about right. what you're doing, the, the work as a designer, you're really a guide in the physical space, but also in that philosophical area. So mm-hmm. how do, I mean, experience is the answer, of course, but what are some practical tips or advice you could give to someone who's just, and who's just finishing their, their education in design mm-hmm. and has the, still has the guts. Cause it takes a lot of guts to get into cannabis still. I don't know necessarily why, right. but it still does. Um, right. What, what practical advice would you give to that young designer about dealing with clients, how to steer them, how to, how to shape these very important things? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's your, your point. It, it takes, it takes a little bit of guts to step out and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in this, in this space. Um, it, it takes an understanding of, of not only the industry, um, specifically because it's a new industry and you have to understand the nuances of the industry, which we had to learn. Um, but also of trends in, in traditional, in traditional businesses. But I think as a designer and as somebody that sits in my place that is helping people sort of unpack and uncover what it is that, that they're going to do, in my mind, it always starts from that lens of empathy, right? We have to get inside somebody else's head inside somebody else's heart and really understand who they are and what they want to do from an emotional, emotional way, right? So it's really, it's about listening. It's about observing. It's about, um, coming at it with that, that, that lens through empathy. How do we, how do we really understand what they want listening and then pulling that out, right? So asking good questions again, as you're sitting down and talking to them and sort of walking through them, not having anything in your mind, but how are we pulling things out? Um, these key phrases that, that they say or things that they've written down or what is it that they really want and, and, and helping them kind of un, unpack that. It's our, guy, our job to be a guide, right? We're a guide that helps people. You've already got it in you, right? My job isn't to be super creative and come in and do this flashy new thing. I mean, I can, but it works better when <laughs> you, you help me. Right. When when we sit down and do a an hour or a, a day workshop and we go through a series of exercises that helps you sort of unpack your brain and we're going to help you kind of steer that out. My guy, my job is to guide you through that and to help you understand it. You got it in you. You just you just either forgot or didn't have the way to communicate it effectively. And and so how do we kind of help steer that guide that get that out. So that's really. 
really what what we're about and, and new designers should be doing too. Not coming in with answers, coming in with an open mind um, and helping you pull the, that really good information out. You know, that's, that's, you know, we talk about mission, right? Ours is really about growing, um, giving back, acting as leaders in the community um, and really coming at this thing with a commitment to really to change, um, change in innovation, right? That's, that's where we're at all the time. We're looking for how do we help people create this positive change and spur innovation? And that's, that's really our mission and why we got into it. So would you say that, that your role is typical as a designer? Because you're, you're wearing nine different hats, just like me, just like <laughs> right. pretty much everybody else <laughs> right. in cannabis. And yeah. you said something yeah. funny earlier, where it's like people, they're like, Ryan, what do you do? Because I get that question a lot. Yeah. I'm like, well, what day is it? Uh, what time of day is it? Because yeah. it, by, by the end of the day, it's going to be something totally different. Yeah, what do you want me to do, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you need? Like, <laughs> I, my, my, way, my lane is pretty wide. So <laughs> just, right, right. Um, would you say that you're, what you're doing as a designer in the space is typical? Or is that still very unique? Oh, I think we're unique. I think we're, I think we're, we're unique in the services and the package, um, the organization that we put together. I think when you think about traditional design, like logo development, website development, even um, service design, UX, UI, like how, how do you, how do you lay out the store and all that kind of stuff? I think that's pretty traditional. Um, I yeah. think where we, step out and sideways and up a little bit is is that we've really created this agency model where we're kind of a one-stop shop right like yeah. we have we have a lawyer we have a lawyer that's part of our team that if you need um help with stage one stage two we got you yeah. if you need help with you know putting all of the the architect all the drawings you got an architect got you you need help with um different, you know, the actual building piece, like getting it out of the ground. We got you, right? So we've really got a guy or a girl. We've got somebody that can help you with all that. So on the design, straight up design part, I think we're very, we're traditional in, I would say we're very traditional, but we're specialized, right? Like we've really dug in and understand this cannabis market. So we're specialized in that. So we're maybe a step above your traditional agency, but, um, but as in the overall, if you want to use this for the overall thing, um, We've, we've got places and, you know, good people like you, we, we, we do as partners and, and, and people that we can, can send people to and, and use, you know, whether they're on staff with us or good people that we've connected with that we can say, hey, this is a trusted partner of ours. Go see Matt. He's going to take care of you. Right. I mean, that's where we kind of are kind of in a different space, I think. Okay. That's so that leads to another question in that. Have you turned work down and why? Why do you say no to a client? So we have. Um, we didn't at first. Uh, we were taking everything. Yeah, you, you can't afford um, to. <laughs> no, no. Um, we, we have turned things down for a couple of reasons. Um, one one um, a really lovely uh, family group came to us and was, wanted to get in on um, wanted to have a, uh, a class they grow, and they came to us and said, "Hey, we've we've sold everything. We've cashed out all of our 401ks. We've cashed out. We're completely strapped. We've got uh, money that we need to get open." And, and one, they didn't have enough money, and two, if it didn't work, yeah. 
which we knew it wasn't because they, they had no cannabis experience. They had no growing experience. Mm. Um, we just said, we can't, we can't be responsible for, right. for your, that. Your Hindenburg's right. going down you, before it even gets off the ground. I'm sorry. Right. Someone should have told you, you that before you, you cashed in your 401k. Like Jesus Christ. Right. I, I can't, I can't be responsible for you all of a sudden not having any retirement and right. it's going to fail. And I, I just can't. So, so we, we turn it down. Um, there's been one, a, a couple of clients that, um, it just wasn't a good fit. Mm. Um, so we would ask, you know, just, it just wasn't a good fit. There were, yeah. there were, there were issues with, with personalities that just, that just weren't a good fit. Good people, um, great people. Um, it just wasn't a good fit, um, for us. And for them, which was, which, which happened and, and is okay. Um, and then we, we get more often than not, we get a lot of calls from people that are really excited and that want to do something. And they get shell shocked when we, when we see, when they see how much <laughs> it's going to cost. And we just can't, we just can't do, you know, um, we can't, we can't help. Right. I mean, if, if you're not, if you can't get, if you're not funded or you're, right. or you're not going to be able to make it work, it just, it just doesn't make, make sense. Right. So, um, and that's hard, right. That's hard for, for us because we, we need work to, to keep the thing going yeah. and they want to get in this, this space. Um, and, and so, so that's, that's kind of the, the, the reason either you don't have enough money or you're just not, yeah. not a good fit um in in the space right yet right so you know i more more often than not people will come to me because i'm just kind of out there and they'll just say hey mm -hmm. can i can i talk to you for an hour i'm interested in this thing and i'll say yeah okay and i try to scare the bejesus out of them and i <laughs> I, I do because the truth is is that it's going to take three times as much time and money as you think it is sorry that's the reality and yeah. You know, as a person who cashed in the 401k, mortgaged the house to start, you know, to start my company a decade or whatever ago, I know that ride. And I know how yeah. lucky, fortunate, blessed, well-timed and well-positioned I was mm. to pull that off. Yeah. That, that was a, <laughs> that was a caprice of, of serendipity. That, yeah. So, <laughs> right. right. you know, I mean, so I've, I've taken the ride and I know the stress and I know the consequences. And when you lose it all, you fucking lose it all. And oh, yeah. So I, I, I try to be. I'd rather be a little, little pain right now than upend people's lives because they weren't, they didn't get the right advice. And if somebody can go, holy shit! Like I just looked on the barrel of that, and I still want in. Like, oh, okay, cool. Well, now you know. Forewarned is forearmed. Right. And for me, by the time that people get to me, I'm on the other end where everybody's so fucking broke <laughs> from going through the process that they're like, Matt, we need a whole staff in a week. We got to get open. We're, we're going to, we're like teetering on the edge of financial insolvency. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like Matt, do you take IOUs? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, it's, it's, it's like, dude. For my private company, I'm not a fucking volunteer, but okay, I get it. Like, let's work together. I, I get it. So I'm on yeah. the other end. Of the, they come out of the licensing process and they're just, they're just fatigued financially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's a mess. <laughs> it is. It is. It but it's it's fun because I I, I can tell. <laughs> probably the way that anybody with any expertise in any given field can tell who's going to do it and who's not. And it's exciting yeah. when it's like, okay, they're, they're, they're coming around the last corner of the race and they're tired and they're haggard, but they're going to make it. And I know they're it. Gonna make it. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> come on, you can fucking do it, man. <laughs> like, you can do it. Go, go, yeah. go. And it's the greatest. Right. It's the greatest when, you know, a month or so goes by and you talk to a client and they go, Oh my God, I'm so busy. I, I don't even know what to do. And I go, well, are you broke as you were before? No. Okay, cool. Well, pay my fucking invoice. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Uh, but no, it's awesome. It's I, I, awesome. I, I like, you know, it's being in a position to have the prerogative of, of choosing who to work with is fantastic. And I don't work with anybody that I don't like or don't respect. And more often than not, I don't turn people away because the people that get into the space, they get into it to make money, duh, but they also get into it because of their own good reasons on a positive impact that they can have besides the economic ones. And I, and I just, I love it. I love it. So yeah, what are, what are the things that make you say yes to a client? Oh yeah. And I, I think it's that, well, I mean, again, we have to make sure we have to make sure they have some money, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but but I, I I think it's I think it's that I think it's passion. Um, I think it's we love people working with people that are passionate about what they're doing. Um, we love people that have um, a plan or at least an idea of what they're going to do. Um, we we love people that are well funded. Um, we love people that um, are open to listen. Right. Because yeah. it's a, it's a tough gig, man. And, and what you think is going to happen is not, and you've got to be willing to listen, take advice and to make changes. Yeah. Right. Because there's long lead, there's long lead times, there's changes in the municipality, there's shit that's just not going to show up on time. Right. And things are going to change and, and it's going to be crazy and you got to listen. So, um, and, and for us, this is who we are all the time. Right. Yeah. There is no, there's no work Ryan, home Ryan, right, Ryan, right. GBS, you do Ryan, right? You get me all the time, right? Yeah. So, so we, 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 we're, we're serious when we need to be, but we're, we're, we're fun most of the time, right? Yeah. And, and we like to work with cool people that are doing cool things and, and want to have a good time too, right? So, um, and that's, you don't always get that, but when you can find somebody that's well funded, that's got a good plan and that's a cool dude, I mean, that's, that's a good yeah. time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, and it is super cool to see it to the end, right? When, mm. when it's all, and you, you see it, we see it in a different way, right? We right. see it when, when the building's open or when they throw a cool billboard up or when, when something, and then we can watch that happen. You know, you see it when people get, get put in a, in, into this, into this job and now they've got a 401k and they're making money and they buy a new car mm. or they help their mom or whatever it is, right? It's, it is fun to see people be successful in this industry, right? It's yeah. really cool. It's really cool to see. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, it's unprecedented opportunity across the board. There's nothing like this in our life, in, in our lifetime. And I doubt there will be. Yeah, no. If no. somebody <laughs> is serious and that's what it really takes is, is a seriousness. 
then uh, sky's the limit. Sky's sky's the limit. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's so fun. And you, yeah, you know this again, you've been at this game longer than I have, but you know this more than, than, than as well as I do, but you, you also, you can't be, you can't be half in, right? No. You've got to, because again, back to your, your thing about the beginning, like when you said, what do what people think, right? You, you just got to jump in and be like, hey, yeah. that makes, I'm, I'm cannabis. It's what I do. Yeah. Right. And you have to be, you have to be okay with that and you have to work it because it's hard. It's <laughs> not one of those things that you're just going to jump in and make a million dollars, right? It's just not. It's hard and it's everything that you're doing, you're fighting against something, right? Yeah. You're fighting against the U.S. government. You're fighting against the state. You're fighting against the municipalities. You're fighting against each other. You're fighting right. against banking. I mean, <laughs> everything that you do, you're pushing a rope uphill, right? And so it's, it's hard, but it's, it's fun and you solve a lot of really cool, interesting problems in different ways, but you can't sort of be like, yeah, I'm going to do cannabis and a bunch of other things. No, right. No, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. Well, it can, but you're not going to be as successful as you, as you want to be. And and it's, it it takes time. And that's the other thing. It moves so fast, but it also moves incredibly slow. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. It's, It's a lot of that hurry up and wait. Right, like yeah. let's hurry and get get through this, and then we wait, and then we hurry and get something done, and then <laughs> we wait, right? And then you look back, like like you mentioned with one of your your clients, right? You, you you look back six months later, and you're like, well, damn, I really did pretty good. We we've come a long way, mm-hmm. but it feels feels like you didn't in that in that space when you're just in the minutia all the time, right? So yeah. Um, it's 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 a while it's a ride man <laughs> it's a wild ride. yeah i love it i love it yeah well me too you got any uh you got any questions thoughts concerns for me no i think we're good i i mean i think you're doing cool stuff i think i hopefully you know you found a, an interesting niche and pivoted just like we have a couple of couple of times um and i it's it's cool cool to see how you're how you're kind of making that that change and that, that, that transition. I mean, the one thing, the one thing I would say though, and I think we've mentioned it before is, is just that you're right, right? This, this is unprecedented times. This is a new industry and, and something different that we're going to look back and tell our grandkids about that we were here when this thing started, but this is, this is different, right? Um, this is large scale large scale indoor ag it's 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 yes it's cannabis and yes it's um medicine but it's the product the new product that that we're doing and it's going to be it's going to be a wild ride for the next few years just kind of understanding how the landscape changes not only in michigan but Mm -hmm. across the u.s and then around the globe right right so this is this is going to be a huge deal across the u.s and then and then around the world which um, in the next 10 years which is so crazy because something so vast usually an individual doesn't have an impact on that whatsoever it's a raindrop on the ocean no no but because of the nature of cannabis individuals can not only forge a role for themselves but they can also impact the entire sector that's that's yeah. interesting. The individual yeah. inputs that that could have ripples 
that that wrap yeah. around the globe. That it just it's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is, and that's yeah. unique. That that's unique. I mean, yeah. to do that in a small business is it's just small business, but not on the not on the grand scale, and we're not even at the big stage yet. Not even close. I mean, we don't even have interstate no. commerce, so let alone no, international no, no. trade. So right, right. No, it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's going to be when when that happens because it will. Mm-hmm. Cannabis will be legal across the U.S. at some point in in our lifetime, whether it's next year or in ten or thirty. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's going to really change because then again, then banks then banks open up, then um, transportation opens up, then you know I I, I would envision seeing large scale. And I mean, large, like mm-hmm. huge grow facilities in parts of the U.S. Just no, no different than tobacco, right? That's supplying huge chains all over the world. I mean, that that will completely disrupt well, the industry again. The the truth right? is, when, is when that, that get in now. I mean, that you know, I, I've heard <laughs> I, I've heard some I've heard some fodder, and I don't I don't the time to argue with people on Facebook because who has the time for that? But I've I've seen some some just little chirps and commentary about, Oh, well, you know, don't get a license anymore. It's not worth it. And this and that. I'm like, no, you don't have no, you have no perspective. Get a license, get in, get a job, get a license. Like get, you fucking get a license. Me? Get, a, get a license because that is, that's gold, right? That's right. real value because um, some of these organizations, they, they, they can't, they can't. And, right. and that's worth, it's worth a lot. Well, and you, um, you and I and both, be. you and I both know this and that let's say, okay, I push the legalization button right now. Okay. Well, we still got a year and a half or so or more before those, more. those super farms are up. That's a year and a half right. of, of revenue of dominating the market wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And the amount right. of, the amount of career advancement, the amount of revenues that can be taken in that short period of time are astounding. So, right. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So if people right. want to reach out to you and engage your services, what's your website? What's your, what's a good email to get a hold of you? Sure. So it's uh designstudio.com and it's Ryan R Y A M at Cush design studio.com. That's the easiest way to get a hold of us. And yeah, we'd love to love to help and love to talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to talk and uh, share your insights and your, your perspective and opinions and experiences about working in cannabis. So thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks, yeah, let's, let's touch base again in, in several months and just kind of see how things are going. Sounds good. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be part of it, Matt. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Excellent. Okay. So yep. that was an interview with Ryan and I'll put the email and link in the description below. And I highly recommend reaching out to Ryan. So this has been your host, Matt Hoffman. Bye-bye.